into the priesthood of Christ. Invariably, what Moses had, we all of us are participators in it in Christ. And God walked with Moses through his word. And that's why in the, that reading he said, And when Moses became of age, he took actions that are in line with his calling as a child of God. Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 24 down says, I think verse 24 says, When Moses became of age, he refused by faith to be called son of Pharaoh's daughter. Son of Pharaoh's daughter. He said, the Bible now says that Moses now preferred to suffer with his people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin in Egypt. Remember, he was becoming the number one person in Egypt. Just barely three years before he made Pharaoh of Egypt. He had been on that training for years. But Moses had a spiritual experience that opened his eyes to see from creation to the end of the world. And it was on that realm he was able to understand how creation came about. They say that's when Moses got the revelation to write the four books of Moses, which is Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? You see, on account of that, he saw the coming of the Messiah. So that letter, on that letter to the Hebrews now, verse 26 says, he chose to identify with the reproach of Christ than to stick to the riches and treasures of Egypt. So he gave up those treasures because he saw the glory of Christ yet to come. What does that communicate to us? On account of his journey in life, he made a decision, irrespective of opportunities. And he stood to that decision to be relevant on the side of God than to be relevant on the side of men. It's called wisdom. By virtue of your partaking in the priesthood of Christ, it's a sign that the hand of God is upon your life. Your life must be invested in God. That is why each day that comes, opportunity is given to you to invest every minute, every second, every hour to the glory of God. And even as the Bible says that our baptism, we no longer owe ourselves. We don't own ourselves any longer. Christ owns us because he is a high priest. He is a chief priest. And now we are all participators in his priesthood. So you don't live the way you like any longer. You must live every day to glorify him. The Bible now says, glorify God in your body. This is the Christian calling. 
on account of the reality of the glory that goes with this life. God manifests himself in the, in the, in the supernatural and does miracles to awaken in the hearts of men the reality of a better life. He's the one who created this world. He's telling us, there's another one that is better than this one. But we're saying no. I say no, I want to be here. <laughs> there's a better one. And he's saying, don't waste your time eh, with this one. There's a better one that you should invest your time more. And you can see the way he was causing those towns that he went to. Preaching, doing signs and wonders. So, what to you, Corazin? What to you, Besida? If the mighty works done in you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, they were repented long ago. So we wasted our resources on you. That's the implication. Don't allow the Eucharist to be a waste in your life. Don't allow all this effort you are making to be a waste in your life. That's why you must come to a point in your, your journey where you will satisfy to yourself that you know what you are doing. You know the cost and you are ready to put up with the cost. Yes. You will size up what it will cost you to be a Christian. You voluntarily accept it and then walk it out every day. Such a way that no pain can discourage you. No amount of hunger can discourage you any longer. No matter whether the weather is dark or is blue, it doesn't change any stand in your heart. You know what you are into. Jesus never told us that it will be all bed of roses all the way. No. Yes. He says, surely, if you persevere, if you persevere, you will gain your life. You will gain your life. So, let us be encouraged in this faith we have now that may appear meaningless to us. It may not be so attractive. It may not make any sense to us now. Jesus said, if your faith is a what? As small as a mustard seed, it has capacity. If it can move mountains on earth, then you can imagine what it will do for you when you are in heaven. Don't underrate yourself. Don't relegate yourself to the background. Hold on to your faith. Water it every day. Fight to keep it every day. Cut off anything that you know that will downplay your faith. When there's too much trouble in the world, close your eyes, look inside. Look at your faith. Your faith is the eyes of the Spirit that shows you what is behind the troubles of life. If you keep looking at the troubles of life, you'll get discouraged. But at that point, when it gets too much, close your eyes. And that's the sign of prayer. Your spiritual eyes will open and show you what awaits. Paul says, what no eyes have seen, what no ear has heard, what no heart of man has conceived, is what God has prepared for those who love him. If you just see it, you won't be able to see it any longer. You can imagine why Paul was not saying, to die is gain, to live is Christ. Should I die or should I stay here? Anyway, for your sake, let me remain small. I will be here for a while. But for me, left for me, I would like to die. You see, because he has come to that point where he understands how the world is running. He understands what is going on. And so this is the insight the Holy Spirit is bringing to us. That no amount of trouble 
should ever shake you. No amount of challenge should ever make you to have headache because they are all temporal. They are all the voices of the devil to shout you down, to make you feel that life is only here. So when he shouts you down, you shout him up and tell him, no, 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 no. I know where I'm coming from and I know what I'm going to. Everything is working for my good. The more you press me, the stronger I become. I refuse to be weak. I refuse to compromise. I refuse to be discouraged. That's why faith is like a fire that burns in the heart. Faith is like a fire that keeps propelling you. Don't joke with your faith. Don't joke with your faith. You have invested so much in it. All these years. All these years. All these years. And so we shall not be part of those that will suffer the consequence of what Jesus said in the gospel of today. So much has been put in us. Through our baptism, he has invested himself in us. Over the years, the Lord has blessed you. He has journeyed with you. He has preserved you. He has given you his peace. He gave you his victory. He has provided for you. In many ways, you pass through the water, it did not swallow you. You pass through the fire, it did not consume you. So much testimony around us. And it's because God is ever faithful. And so, all this investment shall not be a waste in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We shall utilize all of them and work strong and find relevance, not just in this world, but in the realms of God. We stand on this grace to decree that whatever bad the enemy is bringing to our lives, we shall be victorious in the name of Jesus Christ. The attack is bringing in form of sickness, the attacks of working, you know, stamping down on our finances, causing confusion in families, taking away the peace and the joy God has ordained for us. We resist all that. As we fellowship with the Lord, we receive strength and we shall victoriously march over the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.